is a Woodside Church podcast. So uh, we are continuing with our series, the, um, the Sounds of Christmas or Christmas Sounds. And my topic today is the sound of good news. And it's taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. So if you can hear the words, please. Fiona. There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Thank you. I'll just complete it. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. A little bit of current affairs. Uh, You must be uh, familiar with the recently concluded COP27 summit at the Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. And at that summit, the United Nations General Secretary, Secretary General, sorry, Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez said, uh, the world is on the highway to climate hell with foot on the accelerator, all right? The world is on the highway to climate hell. Responding to this, the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, what a great name for a politician, yeah? Ursula von der Leyen, she said, let us not take the highway to hell, but earn our clean ticket to heaven. So I modified my title, it'll be the sound of good news, clean ticket to heaven. Okay, keeping in with the current affairs. Now, a little bit of GK now, general knowledge, okay? Who here sends out Christmas cards? Very good. Christmas cards are very popular. So Christmas cards are in, you know, paper form, cards, you know, they have words. And uh, so there is um, a greeting and then there is a message. So often there is a biblical verse like today in the town of David, you know, um, uh, um, was born a savior, Christ the king, okay? And uh, then we have electronic cards, and they have not only words, but they have sounds and special effects. Now, can, I, can anyone tell me when the first Christmas card was made? Okay, 1800s. Any other takers? Okay. If uh, Christmas cards have to do with words and with greetings and special effects, my Bible tells me that God made the first Christmas card, okay? And um, he made it in the first century, okay? Around the time of the birth of Jesus. And he sent it to eight different people or groups of people, okay? And they included Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, 
Elizabeth, and then the Magi, the shepherds, and then Simeon and Anna, okay? And uh, so the message of good news was therefore, so there is, uh, there is, a, you know, there is a little uh, uh, confusion in the minds of people because some people think that God always is partial to the rich. And some people say God is always partial to the poor. And uh, some people say God is partial to men, okay? But when we look here, you know, the message of good news was announced to a wide variety of people. They were poor, they were rich. They were educated and uneducated. They were men and women. There was wife and husband, priests and non-priests, or laity as we call them, and Jews and non-Jews, all right? Therefore, we can see that God does not show any partiality. He included everyone. And the good news was announced by the presence of a guiding star, so special effects, okay? Guiding star for the Magi, through angels, through visions and dreams, through prophetical revelation, and on one occasion, with much fanfare and the appearance of God's glory. So the good news is the birth of a savior. He's also called the Messiah in Hebrew, and, or the Christ in Greek, and he's also called Jesus. And this is the good news of heaven to a perishing world, a world that is being ripped apart by violence and sickness and sin and various catastrophes and death. There are lots of problems in this world, and the world has various solutions to the various problems in this world. But heaven's solution is this. There is a savior. Come and meet him. And there is peace to all on whom his favor rests. When Jesus started his public ministry, he quoted from the book of Isaiah chapter 61, and this prophecy came about 600 years before Christ. And he quoted this, and he said, this is how it goes. The spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he concludes by saying, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Basically he's saying, I am the fulfillment of the scriptures that was prophesied 600 years before Christ. That means I have come to preach the good news and I am the good news for this world. And then later on, Jesus says, you know, he, when he taught, he, this is how he taught in John chapter three, verse 16. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus confirms that the reason he was born was to preach the good news and that he was a good news. Hallelujah. And the good news comes with an invitation to come and see or meet the savior. The angels told the shepherds, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Basically, the angels were telling the shepherds, go and see this baby. That's what they were telling, okay? 
And what did the shepherds do? They went and saw baby Jesus and they were overjoyed and they returned glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen. And so we find who is this invitation for? So the good news comes with an invitation and we find that invitation is for everyone. Hallelujah. Sometimes there is a misunderstanding when we hear verses like, on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. So there is a misunderstanding that God chooses to give his favor to a selected number of people, okay? To some and not to others, okay? But in the passage that we heard, it says, it is a good news, first of all, not of joy, but of great joy, okay? First of all, it's a good news that brings great joy. And secondly, it is for all the people. Not for some people, but for all the people. And then in John chapter three, the confusion is further dispelled when Jesus says, for God so loved the world. He doesn't say God loved some people in the world. It says God loved all the world, okay? And, uh, and then it says, whoever believes will be saved. So the choice doesn't rest with heaven. The choice is not made by heaven. The choice is made by? By us. The choice belongs to us. The message and good news is there for everyone. So we have to exercise our choice. That's what it means. Okay, so the invitation to come and meet Jesus and be found in him is therefore available to everyone. No one here should say, God does not love me because I'm not a good person. You know, whenever I, I share the good news with, with lots of people and some of the response I get is, I'm not good enough. I have to be, become a bit more better before, you know, I can gain entry, okay? That's not what the Bible says. The invitation is for everyone. The apostle Paul, who wrote almost half of the New Testament, said, I'm the worst of all sinners, but to me, I was shown grace and mercy and compassion, just as we heard today, compassion, okay? God is compassionate. He knows that all of us are messed up, and that is why he came into this world. And this is the good news for everyone. Good news that brings great joy for everyone. Hallelujah. So no one is excluded because heaven does not exclude anyone. Neither should we exclude anyone. It's not for us to say that you are not worthy. When heaven says you are worthy, you know, we should also say you are worthy. And none of you should exclude yourself because heaven doesn't exclude you. Hallelujah. So if he's a savior, we need to ask ourselves the next question, what is he saving us from? So in John chapter three, we see there is a condemnation that is resting upon everyone in this world, and this is because of the original sin in the Garden of Eden. And I don't have much time to explain you know, these things because we've heard these things so many times. But to set us free from this condemnation, Jesus had to come and pay the price of redemption, okay? And he had to pay it with his own life. And this is why when John the Baptist sees Jesus for the first time, he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, all right? And um, 
Jesus, speaking about this in Mark chapter 8, says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. You see, my friends, Jesus came to pay the price to set me and you and everyone in this world free. He is therefore saving us from sin and eternal death. In other words, eternal separation from God. He came us to bring us into the presence of God. Through his death and resurrection, he opened a new and living way for every person in this world to come to him. And he's eventually bringing us into a new kingdom where there is no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Christmas has no meaning without Easter, all right? Christmas always points to Easter. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, what is the good news? So the good news is the birth of Jesus. The good news is Jesus himself. And the good news got activated when Jesus died and rose again from the dead. It was deployed, if you say in modern terminology, it got activated after the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is active now, okay? It is active now. He came to save us from pain and sickness and oppression, violence, sin and eternal death. And this invitation is open to everyone in this world. No one is excluded. The invitation is to come and meet Jesus. Come and meet him. Come and get to know him. So we are all, the Bible says, we are all on the highway to, not climate hell, we are on the highway to actual hell and destruction. And Jesus, when speaking about this, he said, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And small is the gate and narrow the path that leads to life and few find it. Now, Ursula von der Leyen, when she said, she said, we have to earn our ticket, earn a clean ticket to heaven. That is the way things are in the world. In the world, you have to earn things, okay? But in the kingdom of God, you don't have to earn. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has earned it for me and for you and for everyone in this world by his death and resurrection on the cross. The clean ticket to heaven is free. It's free. Come and take it, guys. If there's anyone here who has not got the ticket, come and take it. It's freely available to everyone. Finally, the second point, what is the response to the good news or what should be the response to the good news? The first one is we need to check it out or we need to exercise our choice. The response of the shepherds to the invitation was, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds went and saw baby Jesus and were overjoyed. When the invitation was given, the shepherds had a choice, and they exercised their choice and decided to go and check it out. I remember when I was 18 years old, when I entered medical school, you know, in India, long time ago, you know, a few of the seniors came and invited me to a Bible study group. And I hadn't studied the Bible till then. I had not been to Sunday school, even though I was born into a sort of Christian family. 
I studied Hinduism and Buddhism because I was in a Hindu mission school. And I desperately wanted to hear the teachings of the Bible. So I said, I'm coming. So when the invitation was given to me, I responded. I exercised my choice because I was curious. I wanted to know what the God of the Bible said. Because I found, I'd studied Hindu scriptures. I tried to look for God in them. And I found it was completely, it was not internally consistent. Okay? If anyone wants to know, I'll happily tell you all about that. Okay? But I exercised my choice. And here I am, you know, 37 years down the line, or, well, 39 years down the line, you know, <laughs> passionate about God. And um, so if there's anyone here listening to me and hearing about the good news, I would encourage you to go and check it out. You can do it with a friend, okay, with whom you come. Or, you know, uh, speak to one of us here, you know, speak to the welcome team, speak to me or speak to Hudson, or talks, or speak to Sarah, or um, Candy, sorry. <laughs> All right, but don't go without checking it out, okay? Don't go without asking anyone. Sorry, Candy, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> so Christmas is not just about lights, and decoration, and gifts, and food, and having a nice time. It's a story of the arrival of a savior, and celebration as a result of it. So if I whetted your appetite and aroused your curiosity, please go and check it out. The second thing to do is to share it with others. After the shepherds checked it out and were convinced of what they heard and saw, they spread the word about the child Jesus. My question to you, church, is do you spread the word? Do you spread the word? I remember at the age of 20 when I received Jesus into my life when I became a Christian, you know, in its true sense, I just couldn't contain myself. We were in this, you know, in this um, men's hostel, and um, I would go to my friends, you know, in each room and tell them about Jesus, tell them about God, so much so that my very sight would make them say, run for your lives because God is coming. They nicknamed me God. I didn't realize what was happening, but I just couldn't contain myself, okay? And, um, and 37 years down the line, I'm 57 now, I'm more passionate than how, it was, how I was then, okay? So keep on sharing it out, okay? So it's not very complicated. You know, what did the shepherds do? The shepherds went and told everyone that this is a message we heard from the angels, and we, fen we went and saw this baby. That's all, okay? It's telling others, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, the people whom we happen to meet, that there is a savior, and his name is Jesus. That's all we need to do. That's all, we, nothing complicated. You don't need to go to do a theology um, a course or degree or anything like that. Just tell what you know. There's a savior. His name is Jesus, okay? And then we need to ask God to give us opportunities, you know? To, to share, to talk about him. Give us opportunity. I frequently say, God, give me the passion that is in you for the lost. God is passionate, okay? We just need to ask God to give us that passion. If their curiosity is aroused, they will come back and ask you more questions. And if you can answer them, well and good. If you can't, it's not the end of the world. 
You know, what do you do? You can invite them to church, or you can invite them to a community group, or you can introduce them to a friend who can answer their questions. There are many options, okay? So after, Jesus, after receiving Jesus into our lives and becoming his children, he has given us two responsibilities, two tasks, okay? The first one is for each one of us to get to know him better, okay? And involving God in our lives, day-to-day lives, okay? And growing in him and being changed into his likeness, and that is called sanctification. That is, you know, that all of us have to do, every Christian has to do. And the second thing is to share this good news with others. Tell others, there is good news. There is good news. There is a savior. When Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, he asked them to tell everyone, the kingdom of God is near you. That's what he said. Just go and tell them the kingdom of heaven is near you. The kingdom of God is near you. And in Matthew 28, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Go and tell this to everyone. And in Acts 1, he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the world. He says, go and spread it out. Go and spread it out. So finally, church, the good news is for receiving and rejoicing, number one. And secondly, passing it on. We call it paid forward, okay? Don't have to pay it backwards. We pay it forwards by telling someone the good news. Someone shared the good news with me when I was 18 years old. Someone invited me, and I now invite everyone into the kingdom of heaven. A clean ticket to heaven is available to everyone. Those who have not received it, please receive it. It's freely available. Don't exclude anyone, okay? No one is excluded. Don't exclude yourself. If you want to know more, please ask. Don't go away without asking. Secondly, those who have received the clean ticket to heaven, please, please pass it on to others. Please pass it on to others. This Christmas season and throughout this year, may God bless you richly as you share with God, as you participate with God and with God's people in heaven's greatest mission. Hallelujah. This is heaven's greatest mission, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Eternal life available to everyone through Jesus. God bless you. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.